Hello, my podcast family, and welcome back to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Self-control is the theme for today, and we will be looking at this element from 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter and the 5th verse. 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter and the 5th verse. The New Life Version reads, Do not keep each other, do not keep from each other that which belongs to each other in marriage, unless you you agree for a while so that you can use your time to pray. Then come together again, or the devil will tempt you to do that which you know you should not do. Now, just giving you a brief history. Of course, Paul is speaking to the church in Corinthians. But this particular, you know, scripture, before it, he's talking to married couples who are abstaining from um, sex so that they can pray and fast and all of those other things. That's the context of this. Um, them wanting to be closer to the Lord and feeling that on an individual level and then, you know, entering in kind of like a covenant with God and, you know, not really including their spouse. So while this is specifically speaking to sex, what I want to do is highlight that when we are in a relationship with others, whether it be in a marriage or a friendship or a family, sometimes it may be necessary you know, for you to be in agreement in your walk of self-control or in certain, over certain issues or sometimes at least just to consider the other person when they're walking in self-control or when you're walking in self-control. Yes, um, if one spouse refrains for a reason, you know, they need to they need to talk to the spouse about it right especially when it comes to sex because otherwise you're going to fall into some kind of strife and that's going to open the door for the enemy but really not just sex but with with anything as the institution of marriage goes things need to be discussed but i want us to look at it from outside the marriage lens like i said i want us to look at it from just the relationships and we're going to look at it If you have a friend who maybe is now diabetic and is really struggling with this new lifestyle, you know, devastated at the prognosis, but to you, it may not be a surprise because you've known this person for a while. Um, You've seen, you know, the habits that you do. Maybe you're doing the same thing. You just don't have it. Now you guys are going to lunch. Do you choose the same restaurant that you've gone to before, the greasy spoon that you both love? Or do perhaps you make a suggestion that maybe we go to another restaurant for a better choice in support of that person and their lifestyle? Because now they should be exercising some self-control and may need a little encouragement in order to do so. Now, I can hear you already. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. And what you're saying is that's not my issue. That's their issue. Self-control. They need to walk in self-control. Yes and no. Because remember what we learned in episode, what is it, 163? We learned that the struggle is real. (laughs) 
It's real. It's ingrained deep within us and we need help with it. So why would you not help them overcome the struggle? You don't like that example? Okay, I'll give you another example. You have a friend who's an alcoholic. Do you invite them to happy hour at the bar? Just asking the question. Especially if they're newly admitted alcoholic. You know, I didn't give any indication at first as to whether they were new or not. Because sometimes that can make the difference. Because if they've been an alcoholic for, you know, a couple of years, maybe they've built up some resolve. But that doesn't mean you can always do it either. Because someday they may have a low point. Right? Which makes me ask the question of you. Are we under any obligation to confront a friend or co-worker or a spouse when they seem to be going down a road of becoming out of control? I'm letting you think. I have, and I will continue to do so. I think that's being a real friend. I can tell you this one story. I was going out with this guy. We had just met. We had just met. And um, he took me out for dinner. And we went out for dinner. And before, let me see, because this was a long time ago, before our appetizers arrived, he had already down three drinks. Three. And it, and it wasn't slow service. And I'm watching him. This is our first date, guys. <laughs> I'm watching him. And by the time he was down in the third date and the appetizer came, before I knew it, I said, you have a drinking problem. <laughs> and he looked at me. And, I, and then I got transparent. My father was an alcoholic. So I'm real keen on drinking. I am not adverse to it. But you've just had three, and the appetizer hasn't gotten here. And I'm just thinking maybe you have a problem. I like the dude, too. <laughs> I liked him a lot. And so he was like, well, I, I don't know. So, of course, he didn't drink anymore after that. But in my spirit, I knew that he wanted to, but he didn't. And we went on with the course of the dinner, had a good time. And as we were getting to know each other... I think it was about a couple of weeks he confessed to me he goes I do have a drinking problem you're right and I needed to hear that and so then he got better now we didn't continue the relationship or anything because I was stationed in Japan and he was someplace else but he thanked me for that confrontation I give you another example that may not be as um (laughs) it's just who I am so I had had a friend she's still my friend we um we were in Hawaii together and she ended up PCSing someplace else and I don't think it had been a year that she had been gone but she flew back and um for a party or something and so I see her again but she had gained weight I mean enough weight to where I could notice that she had gained weight and in my mind I'm thinking something's going on is there a health issue like what's going on you know because sometimes people will overindulge in eating because something else is going on some kind of depression they're upset about work or you know they're married like whatever 
And so I pulled her aside and I said, hey, I'm like, you're looking really good here. And she had a wig on and she has nice hair. So she had a wig on and she had gained weight. And so I'm thinking something is wrong. Those are like red flags to me. And I pulled her aside. I said, hey, you know, kind of want to know, you know, what's going on. You've been gone for a little while. I said, you look good. I said, but, you know, I can tell that you picked up a little weight. And, um, you know, you're wearing a wig now. Is, is everything okay? Is, is there something that, that I can pray with you about? <laughs> she just started laughing and she said, nobody but you, Greta. She said, I'm gaining weight because my, and she used another word, likes to eat, <laughs> she said. And I just wore a wig because I, I wanted a new look. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And she hugged me. She said, nobody but you would notice that. She goes, I know that you did that out of love. She said, but I'm okay. But yeah, that's me. I'm going to confront you. I'm going to confront you. Because we need to help each other. Be accountable. That's just what friends do. As we learn more about self-control, as I'm learning more about self-control, I really am beginning to realize that it takes the involvement of others. People who are close to you. People who are close to me. To help me walk in self-control to help you walk in self-control and God has placed you in someone else's life to help them walk in self-control and in order for that to happen we need to be honest and we need to be willing to receive honest feedback that's given in love from those around us so that they can tell us whether we're going down a destructive path I'm not talking about one of those, what is it, interventions that they like to have on reality TV where you got 20 people and you're in the center of the room. No, I'm not talking anything about that. But I'm talking someone to call you aside like I did my friend and say, just, hey, is there anything going on? Or, hey, I'm noticing this about you. Can we talk? Can we pray? What, what's, what's going on? None of us want to be the cause or to assist someone in not being able to exercise self-control. Not if we really love them. So if you're the person who knows a person who, you know, is trying to walk in a certain manner, whether you agree with their life, they're vegan or they're vegetarian or they don't drink or they don't eat sweets or they don't, you know, watch this, whatever it is. If they're your friends, if you're going to be around them, then you just don't indulge in that either. And that gets me back to that scripture where Paul says, you know, if it offends my brother or sister, then I don't do it. Now, he's mature enough to realize that, yeah, that's really not an issue, but they may not be. But because he loves them and he wants God to be shown in his life to them, then he supports them. And that's what we need to do in helping each other walk in self-control. Today we might we must not only take inventory of our own lives as we've done for the previous two episodes, you know, of where we need help in walking in self-control. You know, where we haven't been coloring inside the lines, so to speak, but we're outside the lines all over the place. But let's take a look and see if we are helping others walk in self-control. Or are we enabling self-destructive behavior in others? That's hard, isn't it? Are Are you helping someone walk out of alignment into 
and what they should be doing? Are you helping them do that? That's a serious question. That's a serious question. Because God called us into fellowship. And we are to encourage and support each other into doing the right thing into living the life that God has had, that God has designed for each and every one of us. You're not doing anyone any favors when you say, well, you know, I, I mind, I'm minding my own business. Mm-mm. Not when it's someone that you have a relationship with. And then sometimes not someone who's a stranger if they're really in serious trouble. That's not why God put us here. Not at all. What he wants us and what he has called us to be are enablers of hope and of joy, not in self-destructive behavior. Remember, we're his billboards. We are to walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, humility, gentleness, self-control. That's what we should be enabling other people to do. So I want us to come in agreement that today we're gonna take inventory to see if we really are being a loving spouse, if we're being a loving friend, if we're being a loving coworker, if we're being a loving neighbor, to make sure that in the relationships that we have, that we're helping people walk in self-control and enabling them to be, and and helping them and and ensuring, not ensuring, but supporting them in having a nurturing, encouraging environment that allows them to walk the path that God has walked them to walk. Taking into consideration with those around us what our walking in self-control can do to the ones around us and looking at are we helping those around us walk in their self-control? That's your assignment for today. Let's go to God. God, you've heard this whole conversation because you've orchestrated it. And I believe it's a conversation because you are speaking to us and as we're hearing this, our hearts and our minds are speaking back to you. So we thank you. Thank you for letting us hear that sometimes we, we, we may be supporting bad behavior. It's hard to admit, but we can confess and admit anything to you because you're our God and you love us and you know us. Here today, Father, we want to be supportive. We want to be encouraging. We don't want to be enablers of destructive behavior. So help us to do that. In the lens of caregiving, Lord, are our loved ones asking us to do something that we know can't be done or shouldn't be done? And we've been enabling that behavior. Help us to stop and have a conversation with them today. This is that today it stops. Help us to be confrontational in love and maybe have difficult conversations with people that maybe we didn't want to have or we had been putting off. Give us the words to say so that they don't hear us, but that they hear you. Help us to help establish those relationships and to create that nurturing, supportive environment 
Allow your light to shine within us. Forgive us if we have been enablers. Forgive us if we have been so self-centered and self-focused that we have not taken into consideration that what we do is affecting those around us, that what we do or do not do is affecting our loved one who you've given us charge for. Give us a broader view of how we fit in the picture of things and help us to have the responsibility to do better. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Take inventory today and go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Jesus.